Allow yourself to settle into presence here. Feeling the body sitting here in the present. And knowing this body, you can invite any places of unnecessary tension or holding to relax. And invite what ease there may be to be known. There is a body sitting or lying. And within this field of sensation, you can invite the arising of attention to the heart center. Softening there. You might remember what motivation brought you here. What intention you have for being on this retreat. To learn what there is to be learned from your own direct experience. And let yourself respect this desire for bhavana, for development of the heart and mind, which grounds your presence here and reminds you, reminds you of what it's about. Many different kinds of experiences can arise 
to be known. All of them are part of this process of awakening to understanding. There is a body with sensations. There's the arising of sensation at the hearing door. Sensation of smell and taste and seeing which are part of what can be known. There are experiences of pleasantness and unpleasantness. of neither pleasant nor unpleasant. There are experiences of thought. experiences of mind states states of ease like metta or compassion interest mindfulness itself and states that can be challenging to recognize, like the hindrances. There can be emotions that arise, pleasant ones and unpleasant ones some that might seem to be neither pleasant nor unpleasant. Perceptions can arise in the mind. Another mental experience. The knowing of what something is the labeling part.
there's always something present that can be known. No need to look for it. Just to establish presence and be receptive. And let things be known as they are, happening all on their own. Only needing to do something to restore presence when we're aware it's been lost. That moment of the return of awareness is a very important practice place. If we recognize the return of mindfulness as a good thing, that's very skillful. If there's a hindrance present when we recognize we've been gone, it can be skillful to name what that is and turn the mind towards that state first before trying to go back to anything. It's good to see the see and see through the hindrance. So we're not practicing through it and not noticing that. A wise way to hold this whole process is as an immersion learning process that isn't about failure or success. It's about learning from within the process. And holding this all in the context of our motivation and our goodwill towards ourselves. And respect for ourselves for the commitment we've undertaken. Respecting our own goodness in that undertaking.
Are there any practice questions this morning? Okay, then... uh... (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. So the question is about success and failure and, and our ideas about that and um, how that comes into play in practice and how to work with that skillfully. The Buddha does talk over and over again about the importance of effort. So, um, And for most of us, making effort comes pretty naturally. At least for most of us raised in um, Western cultures, I, I, I can't speak for every culture in the world, obviously, but uh, we tend to be hard strivers, right? To put a lot of energy, a lot of effort into everything that we do to feel um, we've got to do it right, we've got to get on top of it, we've got to make it happen. Make it happen. It's up, up to us to make it happen. And there is some um, truth, of course, in that we have a sense of agency and we know, in, uh, we've got to, for instance, we've got to get up at a certain time of the day to get to work, to uh, keep our job, to make the money that we need to have in order to survive and provide for our families, right? We know we need to do certain things. We know we have some control in that if we get up and we get to work, you know, uh, on time, then we're more likely to keep our job. But we're very confused about how much we control and in what way, what our span of control is. And this is really a a very interesting um, (laughs) topic for me. Because a lot of our suffering comes from not being clear about when we have uh, influence and control uh, and when we don't. And so we overgeneralize that kind of making, making effort. So when we come to practice, that's the mind that we bring to how we make effort. And so for almost everyone, there's a kind of rigid over-efforting in what we're doing. We can't, we can't help it. That's just what our conditioning is and how we approach things. Because we want to get there, we want to get on, kind of on top of it and you know, feel like we're getting a grip and like, okay, it's getting better and better. And you, you see this coming up in your practice. Um, for instance, uh, you might be there, present, and knowing something and then the thought will arise in your mind. Well, 
I, I wonder if I should be noticing more about this or if I should be, maybe I should go to something else because maybe if I went to something else I'd get, like, get more concentration or, uh, you, you know, I read this thing in this book that, um, you know, there's these insights and I wonder where I am in terms of getting these insights and, you know, maybe I need to step it up. And Does this, any of this sound familiar? So the, the important thing about this is to notice it as arising thoughts in the mind or arising mind states in the mind and actually treat it as a practice object. So, for instance, the arising of fear, like, oh my God, you know, I've only got four and a half more weeks. <laughs> i got to make it happen. Right? That's a thought with probably some anxiety in it, probably some fear bound up in it. That's also a body state. Can you see that arising as an object and not be seduced by it into making some sort of um, diluted effort from believing it? Right? Practicing from that place. Because practicing from that place is not particularly skillful. But, of course, we will be seduced many times because this is part of our process of learning about how to work with the mind and being able to identify uh, delusion, uh, desire, and aversion when it's present. And, you know, we learn by... Uh, biting the hook and taking the ride. <laughs> and, and this happens over and over and over again. And this is, this is very much part of this process. And gradually over time the mind learns. Now part of how you can come to make some of these discernments is in your uh, conversations with your teacher because this is, this is part of what's going on there, and I, I'm going to talk a lot more about this particular thing tomorrow night, but it's part of the teacher's job in dialogue with you to keep uh, help you recognize when you're adding something else to what's going on here. right? When you're complexifying the task because there's some sort of grasping or some sort of fear or some sort of delusion that's now present in how you're making effort and you're not seeing it and you're practicing from that state. So this is part of what your teacher can help you with. right? But this is all part of the the learning practice. So I'll tell you there, there are three thoughts that you should be uh, especially uh, interested in when they occur. Uh, One is, this shouldn't be happening. (laughs) Another one is, something else should be happening. And the third is kind of a 
a non-thought, but it's just this sense of struggle-like struggle. There's some kind of struggle going on in relationship to what you're experiencing, but you're not seeing the struggle. You're just kind of trying to go around it to do whatever it is that you think you should be doing. Okay, so you want to look at those three, and, and you know, they're pretty common, you may have noticed this. This shouldn't be happening. This should be clearer. I shouldn't be sleepy. I should be able to be on the breath. And the breath should feel like this. It should feel very clear. I should be able to... uh, I should be able to be completely continuous. I shouldn't have lapses in my awareness. I shouldn't have anger. I shouldn't have anger. I should have metta. They said, wise intention, I should have metta. <laughs> I don't have metta. I'm really bad. I, I should have metta. I'm really bad. Right? This shouldn't be happening. This should be happening. There's some kind of big struggle there uh, in relationship to whatever uh, uh, you, you are kind of attending to, but you're not seeing the struggle. So those are all kind of markers. So, you know, part of the role of the teacher is kind of talk you off the ledge. (laughs) Right? Because the mind can get very wrapped up about that. So we must must go forward now. Um, So I just encourage you uh, today to be uh, attending to what is actually present. This is so simple, it's really hard. (laughs) Can you make, allow, incline the mind to be so simple that you're just present and noticing what is there, allowing it to be as it is, and when the mind moves to not allow it to be as it is, just allow yourself to notice the mind getting in there and wanting it to do something in regard to what you're knowing, right? So whatever is happening is legitimate and an object of your awareness. Good as anything, what is actually true. (laughs) So enjoy this beautiful New England day. Or if you don't enjoy it, (laughs) that's okay too, right? (laughs) 